Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This episode of the Cult Pop Show podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch, get up to two extra exclusive podcasts a month, give us something to talk about in the post credit scene at the end of each episode, or join us for our monthly movie club Zoom call where we discuss a film together, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash cultpopshow. Okay. Hi, everyone. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hi. Oh, calm down, name? AJ. You're popping your microphone all over the place. I can't bloody find my pop filter. So if there's some hard peas in this episode, <laughs> welcome to your 40s. Am I right, lads? <laughs> I assume I'm not 40. Um, this this what, is. It sounds like you mean like urinating being difficult, right? Like a hard pee. Yeah. Right. I thought yeah, because I because I thought you meant like. Uh, you get better or more frequent erections, like you know, your your hard pee pee. And I was like, famously the other way around. Yeah. What does AJ think happens when you hit forty? Yeah. It gets worse, buddy. I don't know what <laughs> yeah. you're expecting. You're in for a, a bloody a, a soft awakening. Mm. Mm. God, imagine even at twenty eight though. Like I dream of being able to get boners as easily as I could when I was <laughs> boners out to here. When I was like thirteen, you know, God, I couldn't bloody stop. Couldn't them. put the thing down. Now, now, now it's not like it's especially difficult, but I've got to, I've got to, got to wine and dine myself a bit more these days. You know what I mean? Yeah, go on. Nah, nah, I mean, <laughs> nah, I'm saying. Uh, welcome everybody. A grisly start to the Cult Popsha podcast this week, where of course we are doing film franchise fortnights, a little show that makes up most of what we do here. Uh, where every fortnight we watch and discuss a franchise, and we watch all the movies, no matter how many movies there are. Sometimes there's more than fourteen, and we have to do multiple movies a day to make it happen that doesn't happen that often but it has sometimes there's less than one (laughs) we don't have to do shit (laughs) Um, and yeah and we come here and we talk about it we talk about what's going to happen in the future well that's at the end we talk about what we thought of them it's the last thing we do any fun facts or fun observations we had and then lastly discuss where we think it could be headed Uh, and today we are discussing the riddick trilogy richard Mm. or in a rare and stupid case of a franchise being mostly referred to by its second film's title the chronicles of riddick is what this whole entire like franchise. the dark knight yeah yeah a little bit or um the the most recent no, it's example, not a little bit that's exactly i, I get what well, people would call it nolan batman trilogy as well no the dark like the, if you trilogy. said the dark knight trilogy yeah that's absolutely mm, yeah you're so right <laughs> um a recent example on the show though was um the meet the parents meet the fockers little fockers is referred to a lot of places as the fockers trilogy so mm. there's an example of it happening there. Uh, but uh, the this... D- Desperado trilogy? Is it called that? I don't know. <laughs> this is a series which currently consists... The Spy consists... Kids 2 trilogy? 
the Mummy Returns trilogy. <laughs> this is a series which currently consists of three films: uh, Pitch Black in two thousand, The Chronicles Help, of Riddick. I can't Riddick. see anything in 2004 and riddick in 2013 and believe you me we will be discussing the tightly titling scheme of this franchise we call them here on the podcast yeah titlies we'll be be discussing them later on uh this series is most well known for launching the career of one mark sinclair (laughs) (laughs) aka vin diesel because that's a cooler name um Mm. a man who we've come to uh dunk on ruthlessly on this podcast over the years for his terrible performances terrible taste in movies <laughs> and uh, i've written embarrassingly earnest sincerity which i would say works in some of his projects and doesn't work mm. in others um and while ser- this the riddick trilogy certainly is not as successful critically or financially as some of his other achievements riddick has the distinction of being the only one of vin diesel's main headlining franchises after fast and furious and triple x which we've yet to cover uh, in which he actually appears in all of the entries so far because mm, because yeah. he doesn't appear in all the fast and- it's weird to think vin diesel is not in every fast and furious yeah well he, the only one he's not in is the second correct and he's barely in the third one yeah and there's actually a story that ties into this i believe about why he's in the third there is and we will get to that uh while while (laughs) no never talking about it um (laughs) while fast and furious has plenty of moments of genuinely enjoyable filmmaking the chronicles of riddick feels like it has considerably less going for it (laughs) Um, it's a it's a fan it's fan base is very niche and small uh its legacy is sporadic Uh, small its films aren't very good and the main character vin diesel's riddick is a straight-up pervert uh so let's get into Mm. it richard beginning with pitch black in 2000 directed by david tui i think is how you pronounce it tui david tui that's right yes it is uh he's come up on the podcast before do you remember where uh no and i actually even like looked it up when we rolled riddick to try and remember where it was, and I didn't see it then either. Mm. Well, he was the screenwriter for Critters 2, the main course. Very similar franchise. <laughs> How so? Very. Um, this, this is strap, strap in, boys and girls, because this is the new Critters, this franchise, the one that, like, uh, it's just so mediocre and like you forget it while you're watching it you can Mm. you can feel yourself not committing the films to memory Mm. but there's an alternate universe where these are quite popular you know people are clamoring for a fourth rake movie the the films themselves and vin diesel and david tui kind of act like these are that super popular franchise and the fact Uh, that they did like a distant sequel you know is like okay (laughs) and it's not like it's not like about being a distant sequel yeah right like yeah, it doesn't address the fact that it that yeah. it's like picking up all of riddick's back it's just like this is just riddick's next adventure it's just another one yeah uh what do you think pitch black has on ron tomatoes uh well, like 60 yeah 60 percent. and what is this movie about can you tell me there's like this cargo ship which is transporting the prisoner named richard Mm. Uh, played by Vin <laughs> Diesel, who um, is yeah, he's this violent criminal. The the, the spacecraft um, crashes. Richard escapes, and then 
there's these what do they call them bioraptors uh sure. which hunt them down huh yeah sure yeah. i didn't know they were called that i just called them monsters <laughs> yeah it's on um, it's on the wikipedia page isn't it? Ah, okay but yeah and then uh so richard has to team up with the crew of the spaceship to fight the monsters or yep, survive. it's a survival film essentially so um a couple of things just to that, that you missed there one is that the creatures can only attack during night or during in the dark but they're mm. sensitive to light and riddick famously has a um has had a shine job which is someone took his eyes out and did something to them and put them back in so now um he can see in the dark a very cool superpower <laughs> 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 so during during daytime he wears these like iconic sunglass goggles mm. kind of things and when he takes them off he i will say i i think it's a cool effect that is the fact that his eyes glow and i think there's some really nice shots in all three of these movies where like all you can really see is the glow of his eyes as if he were a cat you know that sort of mm. thing I, I like the look but i think it's a pretty pretty mundane superpower that is also very specific but it's specific for this i don't movie, think these so. are necessarily considered superhero movies though no but yeah, it's still a superpower i guess i just think it's a, yeah it's 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 the where the title of this film kind of comes from and it's definitely the most notable thing about riddick as a character mm. and it just feels like such a silly idea um also i would like to point out that you have now referred to him as richard more than he has referred to as richard in the trilogy itself mm. <laughs> you said it yeah. three times and i think they only say it twice they don't even say richard in chronicles of riddick um but the guys richard um, the Pitch Black was filmed in the same location as a film we've covered before. Do you know what film this is? Uh, can you tell me the location? Um, Australia, the, the Australian Outback. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Crocodile Dundee. No, actually, as <laughs> may as well Mad, be Mad Max. Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome specifically is, mm. is um, used the same location. Uh, what did you think of Pitch Black, Richard? Did you love it? <laughs> should i fluff it there's <laughs> a high school musical three reference for you oh, i thought you were making a porn joke and i was like i don't get it but i'm sure it's a reference to something someone will uh, i'm sure when those boners hit once i reach 40 God. <laughs> <laughs> if only can't wait yeah i did not like this film very much there was a retroactive charm added to it by watching the other films and them being worse Mm-hmm. um that was like oh no I, you don't know how good we had it you know in the first one mm. and there is yeah there's a there's a low budget charm to it and also that like because even not knowing it was filmed in the australian outback it, it has that very like a few of the characters are australian but and it has yeah, that real, more than one like, of the characters is australian and an otherwise american film yeah and it's like well this was obviously filmed in australia then yeah <laughs> why else would they be there but yeah it feels like that very much kind of um yeah that that like low budget australian filmmaking that there's like there's a charm to like you you things like um uh what is it like wolf creek and um Mm. and obviously mad max Mm. and i feel like yeah i feel feel like i went through a phase of watching like obscure australian horror movies but i haven't like the only one i can remember is this movie called undead um which is a very strange film but you talked about recently as well (laughs) not on the podcast i i messaged you about it no no um, i was listening back to oh i I think think i did yeah i think it was a oh it was the fear street episode and you mentioned it then oh nice that movie has been kept alive by me 
constantly talking about how obscure it is <laughs> and how like otherwise forgettable it would be. Other than the fact that I've verified many times, I've had to verify many times that it did exist. Yeah. Um, and now it's become somewhat of a meme. Well, in, your, in your own life. Yeah, my own life. The, the, um, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the film has a low budget charm to it. There's some problematic stuff I didn't really like. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I don't know. The, like Riddick's not a particularly fun character to watch, I didn't think. Well, there you go. I agree. Um I didn't think this film was especially bad, um, but this this it, starting in the first film, it kicks off a very strange issue which plagues all three movies and has basically defined my position on discussing the franchise. <laughs> you know, here to forward. Um, no, all three movies uh, have like a pretty neat sci-fi movie concept hidden within them. Uh, and it takes too long to get to the second one especially and it's over too quick and it's easily the only good thing about the movie so what i've done for this episode richard is uh, i've tried to reverse engineer what i think was probably the log line used to secure funding for each of these films that was not delivered on in the final Mm. product right so here is what I would, if I was a movie producer, here's what I would invest in if this if this was pitch, pitched to me, and this is not, absolutely not what the action movie is, right? Here's the logline. <clears throat> After crash landing on a desolate planet, a spaceship crew must survive an onslaught from a swarm of monsters who can only attack in darkness. When night falls across the entire world, the crew must put their trust in Riddick, a prisoner they were transporting with genetically enhanced eyes which allow him to see in the dark that's the movie right yeah like it's maybe not the most unique idea but it's got a twist and and like a double twist that they have to the person they have to trust is the the one person they can't trust they can't yeah yeah yeah. um i i think there's yeah and and like part of that the simplicity of this one and kind of the third one as well is why Mm. i quite you know i thought i didn't like it at the time I still mm. don't, but it's my favorite one. <laughs> that and like realizing, it, yeah, it's the simplicity of of one and three, relative simplicity. Would you do you? What do you think of of like? Do you agree, did you notice that watching it? I feel like you and I are attuned to these these sorts of like high concepts, these these crunchy high concepts. Yeah, you like you watch a film and you think to yourself. This isn't a rotten idea, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think that, that that's kind of what I was thinking. But yeah, the thing I was going to ask just then actually was, uh, what, what, what was your knowledge of Riddick as a franchise beforehand? Um, I, I when it maybe when it came out on DVD, I saw the Chronicles of Riddick. I I didn't remember right. it very. I didn't even remember it enough to tick on Letterbox that I'd seen it before because it was <laughs> yeah. just a very very vague memory. And I remember hearing after seeing that the movie that it was a sequel to a movie called Pitch Black, mm. and it sort of existed in the background of my life as something I've always been very disinterested in. Um, yeah going no, that's that's 100 percent. Yeah. i um also, i always the character of riddick i always for some reason for some reason i always thought like that he was some kind of alien mm. and just like like literally all i know of these was the posters you know mm. um and those glasses i think remind me of abe sapien from sure yeah um from hellboy yeah. and so i think like i always just put like those two on my head and probably amalgamated because i've also never seen hellboy um mm. And so 
that yeah that those two characters kind of conflated each other just in a way um and and i and i wasn't sure where one ended and the other began but yeah I, yeah i think just to find out i think it, i maybe in the last year or so i had because by the time we rolled the franchise i was like riddick's just a guy right um i mean here's the eye thing but yeah like well so in the yeah. first one he says that he that he sort of makes out like the the eye thing is like a genetic enhancement apparently when i was researching this i missed this watching the film um but in the chronicles of riddick they say that he's actually part of a of an ancient race um who are born with eyes like that which is so much less cool than he had it done to him i think that's a way cooler idea that that he that he, yeah. that he you know went to some back alley and and paid someone for the super dangerous eye altering like mm. operation take my eyes but not the shirt <laughs> <laughs> i it's similar to you mixing this up with abe sapien from hellboy for some reason uh riddick and blade which is a trilogy we have covered occupy the same part of my brain mm. um and i don't quite know why maybe it's mm. because they're from around the same time and are both like this is cool right Although, and Blade is still yeah. kind of cool, I think. <laughs> this is very lame. This is very Vin Diesel chic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is, is what I call lame. something that he thinks is cool that I don't think is cool. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned before that there was some problematic stuff that you didn't like in this film. Do you want to elaborate on that? Yeah, so it, it's funny. The, the only thing Do I knew about this... want to give a content warning, maybe? What, yeah, What are like, we talking uh, about? Like, like transphobia? Like Yeah. Um... And like, yeah, yeah, just problematic things around transphobia, <laughs> just a general transphobia um, kind of thing. Yeah. Well, so, so there's a scene, but like the character's not explicitly transgender in the movie's defense. Um, okay, but people that that terminology wasn't in exactly. the in the zeitgeist yeah. at the time, and so it's yeah. it's completely it's operating completely blind. But yeah, yeah exactly. So uh, the only the actually the, the honestly the only thing I knew about pitch black was or i didn't know which film it was under the only thing i knew about the franchise was that um there's a scene in which riddick smells a girl's period yeah um and says um and it says that that, that she is she's bleeding or something like that um well they're smelling blood and that's why they're being chased because of the girl bleeding um the monsters can can smell blood that's how they find them in the dark yeah um and so, the, the, but then the way the scene actually plays out in the film is that, uh, you know, he, he says it, and they're like, "Wait a minute, I'm not bleeding." And then he's like, "Not her, her," and then points to this character who is presented as male up until this point and of the film, Jack. known by Jack. Um, and the the, the storyline of the film isn't necessarily that Jack's transgender; it's that like Jack has presented as male like for this mission. Mm like just because because they thought it would be easier yeah um which which again is like a you know if, if jack was actually this complex trans character that had all these things but it's like this is just uh written by a cishet white man who wanted to use that as a twist you know so yeah, it's like yeah. it, it's, it's hard to treat the 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 gender identity of the character with the utmost respect because mm it's not there in the text yeah um yeah. so it's like well this is what happened to the character which you know wouldn't wouldn't necessarily happen hmm. that way in real life but um but yeah it's just this like really gross scene and then everyone's like 
oh jack you fucking bitch you lied to us you're a woman and that's gross jack, jack's and it's also like, 13 by the way yeah yeah just, yeah that's worth a, pointing out i don't out. know if we mentioned that um, yeah yeah um and, and it's like yeah, everyone's just mad at, at jack um for <laughs> like for tricking scene. them it's yeah. a strange scene um yeah so the movie ends with they essentially all the characters are getting picked off one by one and it ends with three of them escaping on a starship that includes riddick uh jack slash kira and i understand we're we're trying to be sensitive here but because the movie refers to this person as kira and presents them as female going forward i'm probably gonna say kira for the next yeah. movie um and um a guy played by keith david who is a a muslim um like a muslim priest uh was he in this yeah keith david's in them. <laughs> <laughs> um which is also another interesting wrinkle and it's similar to mad max again and that like they're from earth these these are characters mm. that are humans from earth they've probably played game boys <laughs> and in the sequels like <laughs> that feels like such a distant like yeah. they, they're just clearly from an a, a mystical alien race probably you don't said, even remember the game boys you know probably not um you said something really interesting to me when you're watching these when you, you were talking about how you didn't like them and you said that uh these are fantasies disguised as sci-fis yeah i wanted to talk about this more in the second film because because this film's is like a, a sci-fi horror more than mm-hmm. anything and uh, yeah i mean i had it was my only real talking point for the second film <laughs> but mm-hmm. um i've just yeah, got it's... dumb imdb trivia for the rest of pitch black so we can all right well let's let's tease yeah like i, I do want to go deeper okay. into the whole fantasy thing and um all right and in and, and chronicles all right we'll put a pin in it uh so to finish off our conversation about the strange strange movie that is pitch black uh, we've got some dumb imdb trivia question mark uh because usually we you know imdb trivia is user submitted so a lot of it's real stupid uh but i did find a piece of imdb trivia that is kind of interesting and then it has a dumb clearly written nice. by a person at the com at the end of the, yeah, the yeah. comment it says uh the full-size spaceship stage used in the movie can be found in the australian outback mining town of cuba petty in south australia australia thank you um bought by a local businessman soon after filming was completed it sits out in the open entry to the site is on hutchison street opposite winch street it is marked and, and can be seen clearly on google maps more information can be found on the web <laughs> okay thank you um but i did i did think that was kind of cool that just yeah, the, yeah. the set from pitch black just sits out in the open and you can like Opposite, australia uh, whatever street yeah, which street it's like <laughs> a it's like a bogan version of um hobbiton <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um uh so i also found this in the trivia section uh the film is developed from david Tui's unused idea for alien 3 involving a space prison and then followed by this uh the character of riddick was originally a woman in a rough draft of the script and so then i was like riddick ripley is Mm. riddick just ripley and the answer to that question, Richard, is no, because apparently the film was originally titled Nightfall and about a female outlaw named Tara Krieg with tribal 
tattoos and enhancements from her interstellar tribe of barbarians. Imam, who is uh, Keith David's character, mm. was named Noah Toth, a member of a technology-based version of Christianity, and he had no pilgrims. There was no eclipse, only a two-month day and two-month night, and there was no geologist outpost, only ancient ruins, and instead of aliens, the villains were the ghosts of the creatures who built the ruins trying to defend their homeworld. There was no escape ship, but a distress beacon, and Tara, Carolyn Fry, Jack, Noah Toth, and Paris were all supposed to make it off the alien world called Hades instead of M6117, John's morphine addiction, the cannon fodder teens, and Solar Orrery and the Geologist Camp were added by David Toohey. Interesting. That's one of those franchises, that, or like that's one of those ideas you hear, and it's like, it is just immediately more interesting if Riddick's female. Hmm. Sure, yeah. Like, that's just, that's immediately a cooler movie. And you remove Vin Diesel, which is something I would like yeah, to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, that's a, just every, a bonus. Every movie. But yeah, like, like the idea of like, yeah, this, this, this horrific prisoner being mm. transported that ends up saving the day. Mm. Like, yeah, we've seen a thousand fucking Vin Diesels do that. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, it's time to play about play our favorite game. How oh, our favorite Diesel? game. How old is Vin Diesel? And what are some other actresses the same age as him year who were active act- in 2000? Yeah, 54 year old actresses. Nicole Kidman. Oh, yeah. Um, Laura Dern fuck yeah dude <laughs> and 2000 laura dern being like a grizzled mm. that'd be cool uh who else we got here um carrie ann moss actually she'd be great yep absolutely mm. yeah what right off the back of the matrix too god yeah the matrix well, the first matrix t- yeah. t-o-o <laughs> <laughs> speaking of two though i've got another uh dumb imdb mm. trivia section post here mm. um and one- carrie and moss and is riddick it's so much <laughs> yeah, taller that's good uh, in one of the shots showing cargo pods being jettisoned from the ship before the crash one of the po- pods is numbered 2e a joking reference to david Tui from the effects crew <laughs> Um, two more pieces of dumb mind before we're moving on. Uh, Riddick's origins. Oh no, sorry, I mentioned that one already. So that's the fact that in the, in the Chronicles of Riddick, his origins changed. The last piece of dumb IMDb trivia I've got here is uh, this came out on the same day as Boiler Room, another film with Vin Diesel in it, which is <laughs> written with no punctuation. They haven't they haven't capitalized Boiler Room. There's, nice. they haven't capitalized vin diesel's name <laughs> there's, there's no punctuation and now we move on to the chronicles of riddick 2004 also directed by david 2e uh and what do you think this has on ron tomatoes uh this is like uh it's like a, a 23 or something like that 29 yeah 29 <laughs> uh what is this movie about um god <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> it's, it's like it's like how john wick one is like the simple idea and john wick his dog gets like, killed yeah his dog gets killed john wick two is like let's expand the world which i do like in john wick but in this it's just like oh this is a rough universe you're trying to explain to me mm. it's like it, it, there's like two opposing forces mm-hmm. and oh god so, Can you take over? What's the logline for this film? 
Uh, I'll get to that in a second. This is what the synopsis is when you look at this. is the shortest one I could find. Yeah. Was Richard Riddick, a convict with a price on his head, must face the Necromongers, a race of religious mm. fanatics who are systematically conquering planets. I didn't know the movie was about that until I, I mm. watched it. Um, what what did you think of this one? I, I really, really didn't like this film. I um, like, okay, let's be real for a second. So... Yeah i've um i've said a few times like in the, uh, recently that i um like like genres aren't bad but movies are bad but i also often say that i don't like fantasy um mm-hmm. or sword and sandal especially um and i've also often made fun of you for not understanding heist movies okay i think like like fantasy movies for me are just like the same thing it's like i just i refuse to understand them is my like is my problem <laughs> my my brain just goes like oh we have to get to the dragon fell i'm just like oh, i don't care like mm. and it's, it's my brain just shuts down and i mm-hmm. and i don't understand a lot like i i can follow lore and stuff like that but when it's like like you look at like fucking Lord of the Rings and just like how pe- they released a map of the world and people are like I know ex- I know the date this of for the Amazon series like I know the date this takes place because of the map um and it's like yeah. because they've read all the extended lore and all this stuff and it's like and sci-fi like barely does that like I like sci-fi I don't like like I've never really gone into Star Trek I don't really like Star Wars that much um be- again because it's like there's just these massive massive pieces of lore that you're expected to like to buy into and oh there's a line here that if you know what it means and stuff mm. and it's like I can get into these and like it sounds hypocritical I guess because you, you hear me talk about like the MCU or whatever but it's like when you're talking about like worlds and um uh you know like whole landscapes and fantasy movies it's it's very easy to shut off kind of thing well because because fantasy is about memorizing history whereas sci-fi mm. is like here's a cool concept I, I think that's part of it as well because i've actually yeah like i've never been that interested in in like ancient history like mm. modern history you know like uh, world wars shit like that i find interesting but when it's like you know, like medieval times, like I never found that interesting in school. I don't know why. Maybe it's just had bad teachers for it. Um, and so that translate the cool version of that is fantasy. And mm. so without buying into the lame version of it when I was a kid, um, and so this is like this is a sci-fi movie. And it's and I was talking to someone at work today about it today, um, who I was you know trying out my material on. <laughs> it do be like that sometimes. <laughs> but uh yeah i was like um you're talking about and i said like it's uh yeah i was saying about how i didn't like the second one because it's it's just a fantasy movie and sci-fi skin he was like all sci-fi is is fantasy and i was like yeah but this one's so much worse like i don't think all sci-fi is fantasy i when i think of sci-fi i think of like alien i don't think that's Mm. fantasy at all yeah you know? yeah well i mean like it's fantasy in the sense that it's not real okay fine. <laughs> but it, it is um yeah like this one is like you could replace the the, the dragons with the, the the monsters with dragons you know you could replace you could replace anything with like mm-hmm. any spaceship with like a fucking horse and it's oh you've got a <laughs> fantasy movie you know yeah 
Yeah. And so that was like, and then you've on top of that, you've got this like super convoluted plot and just like all the shit it feels that like you need to memorize. And there's all these like factions and wars that have been spanning centuries. And I just, oh, I, 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 it's a turn your brain off movie in the sense that I, I turned my brain off and I went, yeah. I'm not following this. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I feel my initial reaction to this movie was a lot more positive than uh, it has become in the days mm. since seeing it. And I think there's a lot to admire because, or at least I thought maybe there was a lot to admire because the world building is seemingly so thorough, thorough, sorry, trying to always pronounce that. That's okay. It's interesting. Um, take your time. <laughs> but what it really feels like is a high budget version of like that friend you have in high school who was writing a novel you know and he's like let me tell you about my novel or like d mm. a and campaign and they're super mm. proud of their tedious law <laughs> and, and the movie feels like someone is telling you their story and they're way more interested in it than anyone um, yeah, hard up. so that and th- that is kind of knowing that vin diesel is into uh D and knowing he had some kind of direction with what was actually happening he wasn't just acting in them was he a um, producer on it yeah i can't remember but i couldn't he, he didn't write them which i thought was interesting because it, it kind of feels yeah, like he, he produced them so yeah yeah um but once again, there is an interesting movie hidden inside uh, this 134-minute lore dump, and it's even shorter in this one. So here is my reverse-engineered logline for what this film should have been, right? Tell me what it is, baby. After learning that Kira has been imprisoned beneath the surface of the scalding hot planet of Crematoria, Riddick must break into the notoriously ruthless penitentiary and help Kira and a crew of other convicts escape while outrunning the obliterating heat of the planet's rising sun. Uh, This, of course, being our second franchise this year where characters have to outrun the sunrise after the (laughs) mummy mummy returns. Um, So it's the opposite of the first one and it's so buried in there and it's a, probably about a 40 minute long sequence and i got mm. to it and i was like this should be the entire fucking movie i mm. don't want to see carl urban i don't want to yeah. see um, so, judy dench be an elemental an elemental yeah. what are we doing it's so hard going can you, can you sorry just 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 <laughs> dumb it down for me yeah and like and just like so how is this the opposite of the first film sorry okay so the first one is they have to move in the dark and the creatures can only attack them in the dark and they've got the guy who can Mm. see in the dark right this one is um the danger is now in the light so they've got to stay in the dark as opposed to like it's the light that kills them not the dark that kills them right yeah Yeah? um and which is like you you pitch that and you go it's the first one but we're doing we're reversing it but it's like mm. such a small chapter it's such a tiny chronicle of riddick <laughs> that that it by the, that it's just it's just one sequence in the movie whereas it should be the whole movie because he does go to get kira from this prison well he doesn't go to get her he goes there just because and mm. finds her there but he should be going to rescue her and it should be about this and it shouldn't be about the the necromongers eating planets it shouldn't be about any of this shit i do not care about it takes um so it takes 59 minutes in pitch black for the story of that of them that i've been pitching to actually happen right Right. that's too long yeah this is this happens probably the same amount of time and lasts for 40 minutes and it's it's over too quick um 
And I think that's a good idea for a sequel to this other movie I've made up that doesn't actually exist. <laughs> this version of this movie. Um, I also thought uh, this movie uh, gets really horny out of nowhere. Hell like these yeah. are these are relatively relatively tame movie, but then in, in the scene, oh, just wait to see what happens when you hit forty. <laughs> Um, f- for this movie's about- so horny, but I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> in the in the space of about uh, twenty minutes, there is an incredibly uncomfortable and cringy makeout scene between Carl Urban and Tandy Newton, which is like you Tandaway see Newton. This- is it really? Is that how you say it? Uh, d- d- uh, she recently um, revealed that like her name was spelt wrong on like her first credit, oh, and wow. so. It just in the last year, she's like, no, fuck you. I'm, it's Tandaway. That's Tandaway. how it's supposed to be. All right. Well, Tandaway, regardless, this is one of those like makeout scenes where like the actors are like licking each other's lips. Like that's how close it gets. Mm. It's so <laughs> gross. Um, and then there's another part where one of the women who is uh, part of the mercenary crew who capture Riddick um, tries to sneak up on him while he's sneak- while he's sleeping and he traps her leg between his knees and then tells her that she grinds her teeth in, a- in her sleep and it's sexy. And, you know, the- that's <sighs> obviously- it's obviously shot in a very, like, way that, ex- you know, accentuates her figure and, and stuff like that. Uh, and then finally, uh, when Riddick finds Kira in underground of crematoria, the, 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 the prison planet, um, he picks her up and she, she, he, she like pisses him off or threatens him. And so it's sort of like the equivalent of like him, like pinning her to the wall. Um, mm. he picks her up and holds her against the wall by putting his arm between her legs and <laughs> lifting her up. And this is so like, not only is this like a potentially like, like this is potentially a trans person you knew. Uh, it's also someone you've known since they were a child, and it's just an, such an unnecessarily like sexy, but also like sexual assault. <laughs> like of, it's, I I couldn't believe the scene, and it's so ah, it's so gross. It's such a gross moment. Um, and I can't believe people don't talk about how horrific that you know that scene in Always Sunny in Philadelphia where Mac picks D up from the crotch. <laughs> yeah. It's and he's doing that to her. Like that's what he does. <laughs> it's just not consented to. It's very very creepy. Yeah, creepy stuff. Creepy stuff. Creepy stuff. And probably just shit Vin Diesel does in his real life as well. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. If he thinks this is cool, then he probably Mm. has done similar things. Uh, Apparently in her autobiography and furthermore, Dame Judi Dench, who again is in this movie, uh, (laughs) says that she never really understood what was going on in the movie, but she enjoyed the experience of making it and she thought the sets were great, Uh, which I think is awesome that the... Dame Judy Dench autobiography, which was probably bought by a demographic mm. who have never heard of this movie as a section dedicated yeah. to, to the people that of couldn't wait for Philomena to come out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, allegedly, Vin Diesel wanted Dame Judy Dench to play Arion and went to great lengths to get her. He was a longtime fan of Dench and he had her dressing room filled with bouquets of flowers and also advised her that they could not begin casting the movie until she agreed to accept the role. Very strange, I guess. And now he works with like Helen Mirren. Yeah, he likes um, his elderly classical actresses. 
Uh, dumb IMDb trivia, one piece for, for Chronicles of Riddick. Uh, writer and director David Tui decided not to set this movie again on the desert planet from which Riddick, Imam, and Jack escaped at the end of Pitch Black, and again may make a deadly encounter with the planet's flesh-eating alien creatures. He wanted to create for the character of Riddick a mythology and decided to have Riddick go up against the Necromongers. So it's just like, he decided to make a sequel that was about... Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Something. <laughs> like, this is obviously like a clip from an interview with him. Yeah. And one of these diehard Chronicles of Riddick stands is like, oh my God, I'm going to add this to the trivia page. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any more thoughts on the Chronicles of Riddick? No. I barely well, had the thoughts I've already shared. <laughs> well, let's drop uh, all but one of those words and talk about Riddick in 2013. Mm. Also directed by David Tui. What's our stats on franchises directed completely by one person? Uh, it's in like the 20s, I believe. It's it's right. higher than you'd think, I think. But it, it, it gets muddier when you talk about, you know, what counts as a franchise and, and whatnot mm. i think i've i've I, at one point i counted mm. how many episodes we've done mm. where they're all the same person it is i guess it's it's less interesting that this is another one and more that like a series like riddick has that like mm. this this very disconnected uh, yeah, bat- like, i'm not coming back if david Tui's not <laughs> yeah it feels like competing visions with each sequel and yet mm. they're all directed by the same guy do you know what this has on rotten tomatoes uh it's like just under fresh. Yeah, 57. Mm. So overall, <laughs> a bit of a stinker of a franchise, critically. Mm. Um, so what is this one about? Um, so this one is like Riddick has now been, Richard, sorry, has been left for dead <laughs> on um, the, an, another desert planet. Um, and he kind of just goes about his life for the first like fucking large chunk of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, but then yeah, his like, he, he manages to like, or, like activate some kind of beacon or like send out some kind of message to get help and ends up bringing two people. Uh, one's like uh, a mercenaries that are, you know, to, to actually help him. Mm-hmm. And the other is, um, who is it? The... well no they're not trying to help him he he well, he, yeah, he, yeah. he sets off a beacon which brings like he's got a bounty on his head and it brings yeah. one that just want to collect the bounty and one who have got like personal stakes and yeah, yeah, capturing yeah. him um and yeah and the sort of the 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 clincher is there's a there's a storm a coming and with the storm mm. brings these monsters that can only survive in water um and so they have to <laughs> team together to escape um, this film has interesting ties to one other big Vin Diesel franchise uh, because his cameo appearance at the end of the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift was actually the result of a deal that Vin Diesel made with Universal in order to get the rights to Riddick back so that they could make a third film because I don't think Chronicles of Riddick did too well and so they weren't mm. eager to make it so he's like, I'll just give it to me and I'll do it. Um, 
and this you know i'm sure you've heard this anecdote before and i don't know if it's true necessarily um but vin diesel was apparently actually banking on riddick being like this iconic cash cow of an intellectual property that he could have his name attached to um which is pretty i think that's kind of funny that riddick was the one he was banking on and not fast and furious um at Mm. least at this time um diesel also had to mortgage his house to pay for this movie he said that if if it didn't get made he would have been homeless shame (laughs) what did you think of this one uh again it has like kind of a charm to it like similar to the first one i think again that like the first one's like horror movie everyone stick together and survive and this one being like team of jacked up mercs um like fighting something that's also like like because because the the first one is is almost the like ethnically diverse crew of a spaceship Mm. get picked off one by one movie um and this one's almost like um like army of the dead which i haven't actually seen but it's that kind of thing of like jacked up mercs like doing something and it's dawn of the dead is kind of like that as well um and and in some ways it's kind of like predator if, if yeah predator yeah predator. predators yeah great example um but yeah and 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 it's like again it's like well there's there's a simplicity to that that i enjoy that like no matter what happens you can boil it down to team of mix yeah fighting something um and whereas and you can't do that with chronicles of riddick mm. you could be like yeah it's a sprawling fantasy epic and i'm like yeah well that doesn't interest me as much as this simple <laughs> yeah as this simple like group you can come to care about mm you know getting picked off one by one whether they're just your average everyday ethnically diverse crew of a spaceship or if they're mercenaries Mm. yeah and i mean this one had i think a considerably smaller budget which is probably accounting for why it's not as sprawling as the chronicles of riddick riddick needs a low budget 100 percent. yeah yeah I think this is probably my favorite one of the three. I, I, there was nothing yeah, yeah. I, I really hated. Oh, there's, there are some problematic stuff we'll talk about. But um, I quite enjoyed the first act, which was just Riddick wandering around the planet trying to like survive. Cat thing. Yeah, I was like, this is kind of interesting. And it's, it's very, it looks all right. Like the special effects mm. aren't bad. Um, and it's kind of interesting. And it feels almost like a video game. Um, when mm. it switched to become Riddick as Predator and picking off these mercenaries that are coming to kill him, not a bad idea you know Mm. like maybe not as as quiet and understated as the first act uh but here is my reverse engineered logline for this film Mm -hmm. um while desperately trying to escape a hostile planet riddick finds himself the target of both a, a gang of bounty hunters and a crew of professional mercenaries out for revenge however no one is safe from the approaching rainstorm which brings with it an unstoppable violent force right again sure that out of all three of them this is the one that most closely adheres to what i thought it should have been yeah, um right. and so i'll give it i'll give it points for that it's maybe a bit too long and a, and and uh you know i'll get to this later actually but uh what this movie gave me that um i didn't wasn't didn't didn't ask for but i'm so grateful that it gave me this uh was a, a wonderful new entry into my vin diesel thinks he's way cooler than he is canon um because in this movie he literally turns a lesbian character straight uh and he does this by publicly complimenting the color of her nipples in front of everyone which he saw because he was spying on her um and then 
then he also says he's going to go, quote, balls deep in her uh, when she asks him to real sweet like. This is dialogue in the movie. And I get that 2013 was right at the end of this kind of machoism being seen as like yeah. a cool thing. But this still feels very creepy and out of line, even even for 2013. Well, Vin Diesel's got that whole, um, like that Tom Cruise, we don't want to see him as a romantic I don't want to see I don't want to see Vin Diesel as a sexual being. No, and I think he does not get that. I haven't seen uh Triple Vin X Diesel 3. just wants to fuck. <laughs> I haven't seen Triple X through the return of Xander Cage, but like the girl from the He's Vampire back. Diaries. <laughs> the girl from the Vampire Diaries <laughs> is in that and she like has like this massive crush on him because it's oh my god, it's Xander Cage and it's like how hot do you think you are for this? <laughs> such a mean thing to say, but it, it comes into play in this and Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious, where like we talked about how like at the end of the fourth Fast and Furious movie, how like these people in his life become fugitives to break him out of prison. And it's like, he's not that good of a friend to you. I don't think it would be worth going this far and going to this extent. And in this one, it's like Vin Diesel actually thinks he is so irresistible that that even the sexual orientation of um of what's her, what's the actress's name um she's in the mandalorian what's her name katie sackoff katie sackoff even her sexual orientation is no match for his irresistible charm and he's all like cuz he compliments her toenails her like her toenail polish and he's like i love the toenails by the oh, way wait, when did these turn to <laughs> beautiful toenails <laughs> it's exactly like that and she sort of responds like okay and then he's like matches your nipples and it's like <laughs> like and the look on his face and he thinks he's so cool and then he says the thing about him going balls deep in her after he kills everyone else in the room mm. and that she's gonna ask him real sweet like and like this would be one thing if it's just one creepy old man's power mm. fantasy but then at the end he gets rescued by her and they're strapped together flying up into the spaceship and she says i've got something to ask you real sweet like and it's like no 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 you're too good for him you're too good for him don't give him mm. this don't what ask him doing? to go balls deep in you <laughs> he doesn't deserve it <laughs> Uh, Dave Bautista is in this movie, which makes it mm. our second franchise this year to feature a pre-big break acting role uh, from Bautista after the Scorpion King 3 Battle for Redemption, um, both of which came out very close to Guardians of the Galaxy to the point where mm. he was probably already uh, in talks, at least, if not filming. Yeah. Um, I thought this was interesting as well because he shares the screen with Vin Diesel and a couple of years ago he publicly trashed on fast and furious saying he'd rather be in good movies uh but then mm. i remembered they star in guardians of the galaxy yeah, I was just about to so say, yeah. it's actually not that interesting or like but it is possible i guess that they never met face to face in guardians of the galaxy yeah yeah part of, they're both part of the main lineup in guardians of the galaxy and dave batista just like yeah your fucking movies <laughs> your <suck."> movies are <laughs> shit <laughs> <laughs> um i've got some dumb imdb trivia to finish our chat on riddick uh vin diesel wanted the movie to be shot on 35 millimeter film but due to the film's low budget paired with the large number of visual effects shots the movie had to be shot digitally which is not only like 
yeah, of course it has to be shot digitally. It's entirely on a green screen. Um, but also, uh, I love that that he thinks you know the next chapter in the Riddick series. Oh, mm. we've got to shoot it on um on thirty five millimeter. Um, David Tui added a subtle film grain. <laughs> to yeah. It's like, hey, hey, we can't afford it, but hey, look, I can put a little little filter on it. Here, let me drag it on. <laughs> Does that look good? And he's like, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, paired with this, another piece of t- uh, dumb IMDb trivia: Vin Diesel's original vision um, was to have the Chronicles of Riddick become like J.R.R. Tolkien's Middle Earth. Pitch Black was to serve like The Hobbit and to be a standalone film to dis- to establish <sighs> the universe and to have a trilogy of Riddick serving like Lord of the Rings. Mm. very self-important um it goes on it goes it keeps going with this piece of trivia the character of riddick is considered to be a mix of iconic 1980s action characters john rambo snake pliskin and conan the barbarian in his backstory riddick was a soldier in the military and became a notorious wanted criminal who escaped from several prisons riddick later discovered he is the race of a warrior called the furians has been slain by the lord marshal blah 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 bunch of shit i don't care about uh this is the next two pieces are interesting here. Uh, when the film was advertised on Sky Television in New Zealand <laughs> on the IMDb trivia page, a voiceover stated the line that uh, the, the film was the final chapter in the Riddick trilogy. A fourth film entitled Furia was announced and was in development. It was rumored that the fourth film is about Riddick finally finding his home planet. Another piece of IMDb trivia for Riddick reads, in New Zealand, the film was given the restricted 16 rating for its graphic violence, profanity, and nudity. First of all, neither of those things are trivia. One of them is just the rating for the film. One of them's um, saying... A factual one, era, a <laughs> tiny country not gives a shit about Yeah, me. but like this is clearly written by New Zealand's biggest Riddick fan, right? Who mm. was like, oh, I want to write a piece of trivia, but what's something I, only I would know? Oh, well, the New Zealand sky tv kind of incorrectly said that this was the final chapter so he has to put that context in there to prove that it's actually that uh, very fun to read very fun to see your own countries other countries don't realize this very mm. rare to read new zealand's name anywhere yeah you know? i yeah i i often wonder like how what other countries care as much as we do like mm. papua new guinea do you reckon they give a shit I feel like New Zealand wasn't canon until 2000, though. Well, that's just insane. It wasn't global canon. The world didn't. The know wizard about was at the height of his power. <laughs> the world didn't know about New Zealand until Lord of the Rings. I don't think so. I think it became like a a right, main yeah. cast member after Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know that it's a main cast member yet. No, no, okay. it is. It's like okay. um, we're like a fun guest star. Mm, sure. Final piece of dumb IMDb trivia and final thing I have to say about Riddick. Uh, in order to prepare for his role in the film, Vin Diesel spent four months in the woods. Uh, I don't think what? that's in the woods. Uh-huh. I don't think that's true, but if it is, it's very funny because this film is not set in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. 
we're going to do something a little different now, Richard. A little bit, okay. a little bit saucy. Um, we're going to combine two segments into one, baby, because we talk about titles a lot on this podcast, but we also continue the franchise. And for the first time ever, I'm combining those into one segment. Um, with it, so this is usually a segment where we either talk about the titles of a franchise or we pitch our own sequels going forward. And I've done both in one go for my continue the franchise. It's just worth talking about as yeah. one thing basically sure. um so these have got to be some of the most incongruent sequel titles we've ever covered surely right like joining mm. the, the ranks in- the incongruity of- alone the incongruity um it joins the ranks of final destination where the fourth film was just the final destination and then they went back to numbers for the fifth and final film mm. um and vin diesel's fast and furious famously terrible titles um and it, it drives me crazy because this is this is a textbook example of be, of me being like I, am i sh- am i truly the weird one for thinking these titles are crazy is it truly me? It feels so obvious that these are bad titles and play with each other. They're not bad titles on their own, but like, is it truly just me that thinks Pitch Black, The Chronicles of Riddick, Riddick is a titles that do not flow into each other and make it very confusing? Each title feels like it's the first one in the franchise. Each title feels like it's mm. from a different series or playing a completely different game. So for the first time ever, uh, I'm combining our talk of titles with Continue the Franchise because my Continue the Franchise is actually just a remolding and reshaping of these films, how they're presented, their marketing, which I've already okay. sort of done as we've as I've pitched you the log lines, um, because they're a mess and definitely need a haircut. So firstly, if we're in love with the Chronicles of Riddick as a moniker, you can keep that as, you know, Star that's the Wars, franchise name. Th- yeah. That's the franchise title. Um, the first film can remain pitch black. I think that's an enigmatic, creepy kind of title. Um, and if you want the Chronicles of Riddick, pitch black or pitch black, the Chronicles of Riddick, which is what it's called on like DVD releases. Yeah, which is funny now that it's like the first one's got a subtitle and the second one doesn't. Um, mm. So I'm recutting this film, so it's essentially exactly what I said before. It's no more, uh, no more than 25 minutes pass before it gets to the main conceptual set piece of there's yes. monsters in the dark and we're stuck in the dark um so that's 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 the recut of the first one next i'm going to shave the second film down severely we're cutting out all of this necromonger bullshit and just having it be what i stated before it's the opposite yeah. of the first one whereas instead of afraid of the dark now they're afraid of the light Riddick, outrun they- the sun outrun the sun um because this this um because of this concept i'm retitling this one you got pitch black uh blinding white or the Chronicles of Riddick, Blinding White. I feel mm. like they play very well. And if you're a fan of Pitch Black and you hear a sequel's coming out and it's called Blinding White, you're like, what the heck? That's so cool. I like. Would you? How would, would you? How would you feel about Blinding Light? Yep, that's all good. I was thinking colors, but there yeah. were only. It's harder when it gets to the third film, as you'll see. Um, so Blinding Light. Um, I was thought of Bright White, but I think I like Blinding, Bright. playing with yeah. the the vision thing a bit mm. more. Like or, or like instead of pitch, it's like tone or or tomba, <laughs> tombra white. <laughs> um, and for the after black and white, though, we are left with kind of uh, like there's no obvious title for the third film. Which, to be honest, I could probably happily keep as is. I don't think I need to cut it down too much. Maybe trim down the first act of Riddick surviving, or or release it as like a pre-release short film because they really love. Yeah, nice. No, like um, Blade Runner twenty forty eight. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's already examples of, there's precedent for that, which we'll talk about in a mm. minute. 
before watching the film, I was trying to think. I thought of the blinding white, blinding light thing before the th- before watching it, and so I was trying to think of like what where's the next. And I thought a crystal clear would fit, but the film mm. as it is is couldn't really be called crystal clear for any mm. obvious reason. Um, but well, you like as if they're monsters that that hunt in the water mm. are like crystal blue. Yeah, sure. Yep, that's cool. I like that. Um. Because you're right, the the main the, so if in the first one they're outrunning darkness, and the second one they're outrunning sunlight, they're outrunning a rainstorm in this one. Essentially, again, mm. it's not what they're doing for three quarters of the movie, but it is eventually what they're trying to do. And so I well, thought about um, gray, maybe yeah, 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 yeah. So I've got um I got uh heavy rain. I know there's a game called heavy rain, but mm. heavy rain fits the the kind of idea i've got storm break um if you wanted to play with the fact that it's sort of set in a drought you could call it bone dry uh dead heat um i struggled a lot with this one i like i like um i like some of the ones that, that you've suggested so 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 is this all uh, the chronicles of riddick blinding light the chronicles yeah, yeah, of riddick. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah yeah um I thought because it's sort of a return to escaping from darkness when Riddick is predator, because they're scared of the dark now, uh, you could call it black again or a back in black. <laughs> um, I, I don't, I don't have the perfect title for this movie. I would love to hear either if you've got ideas or if our listeners want to say something in our discord would love to talk about this with people. I think this is a fun creative writing exercise of what do you do when you want to make a trilogy have consistent titles, but the first ones are opposites from each other. What do you call the third one? You know? And mm. I, I was trying to, the, the theme is the thing that stops you from seeing, right? That's yeah. what each movie is called. So that was sort of where I was going. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause it's like before sunrise, before sunset, before midnight is the mm. uh, the other, like, the, the practical example of what you're the problem you're yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of talking about yeah 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 uh for what it's worth riddick's original title was dead man stalking that's his okay. working title um do you want to pitch your continue the franchise uh so uh, like initially i came here like thinking that like for the one of the first times ever you legitimately could make a really interesting prequel about riddick like it's a character like i mean fucking obvious and then you get mm-hmm. to recast as well um but like I, it's not a franchise i care about it's not a franchise i would be excited if they made a prequel but like the idea of this criminal selling his fucking eyes or like upgrading his eyes well obviously we're sticking with the pitch mm-hmm. black explanation of why his eyes like that not the chronicles of riddick one but yeah like like at the set on this yeah. like in the, the underground of this like sci-fi planet like get like i fully imagine it like you did that it's like this back alley operation um i find that that's so much more interesting than any of the yeah, stupid yeah. bullshit going on in the chronicles of riddick but then you mentioned a female reboot and it's like that's so much cooler that's yeah, like yeah. i would love to see a female reboot of riddick nice of pitch black we're starring Carrie Ann Moss. <laughs> Specifically, listen to the words I'm saying, Hollywood. This is exactly <laughs> what I want. It's like when you're telling telling your parents what you want for Christmas, but it's like you want a specific version of something. Have you ever done mm. that? And it's like, if you can't get me this version, don't get don't me get another it. version. Just don't, just yeah. find something else. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so in terms of actual continuations of the franchise, um, I mean, there is there are prequels and that sort of thing. Um, it feels like the Chronicles of Riddick as a franchise has more to give outside the world of the films. Um, with mm. the media which was released that wasn't films, a lot better received. Um, uh, there's an animated short film called The Chronicles of Riddick, Dark Fury, which was released in 2004 and bridges the gap between the first two films. Some people wanted us to watch that. Maybe we could do that for for a um, follow-ups for their, for our Patreon. Uh, there was also an Xbox and PC game released as a tie-in to the second film uh, set before the first film called The Chronicles of Riddick Escape from Butcher Bay. Have you heard of this game? No. No? It is considered uh, one of the best games on Xbox. Okay. They, they actually mention Butcher Bay in The Chronicles of Riddick. It's another prison planet. Um, there was a uh, remake in 2009 called The Chronicles of Riddick Assault on Dark Athena. Um, there are also novels, comics, and a TV special called Into the Into Pitch Black, which was released before the first film and is appara- it's like a documentary set in the world of the series. Okay. All of these are examples of really the only reason you'd use such a gaudy and prestigious word as chronicles. They don't feel like <laughs> yeah. chronicles, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah i think there is some interesting stuff outside of the movies maybe one of the only examples where it's like the movies are shit look at the other stuff Mm. there is also a fourth film in development as recently as july of 2019 diesel announced that he'd uh, received tui's script uh the the working title is riddick Four: furia um as in fury a uh, and I am not interested in, the, in that and will never watch it unless for the podcast. Uh, and also, fuck you, Riddick, for putting a four in your fourth movie when none of the others have a number in them. So yeah, that is our conversation on The Chronicles of Riddick. Um, bit of a strange, shorter episode. Well, not that much shorter, but uh, we do have to do our favorite segment still, Richard, which is uh, ranking Dat franchise over at letterbox.com slash Cole Popshire, where now, we've very begrudgingly... You're being facetious there when you said it was our favorite. <laughs> right. Because this, fran- this, this segment mm. fucking sucks. You hate it. We both hate it. I hate it. We talked about it recently. Um, yeah, we've basically forced ourselves into ranking each franchise um and here we go again i i want to stop it but i can't just stop it now i want to Mm. adapt it or do something but until we reach a proper solid idea i don't think we should Mm. stop ranking you know what i mean so we have got all the franchises we've ever watched i'm gonna add pitch black not the chronicles of riddick just to be just to be cheeky um to this to represent the whole series um, and we're going to rank it with the um, 136 franchises we've watched for this podcast. What are you thinking? It's it's going to be pretty low? Yeah, uh, genuinely, I th- think this should be next to Critters. Where's Critters? Uh, it's 97. That's a lot higher than I was thinking, but I can understand that. But above or below Critters? below critters had power of the night that song that was <laughs> That's actually really right. good <laughs> all right well we are power ranking of the, night. the chronicles of riddick as the 98th best franchise we've ever watched between critters and the nutty professor um so there we go we've we've saved it there why is this list private did we make it private as a joke? oh i made it private um 
uh, last week for some reason. As a joke. Yeah, I'll publicize it. It was to hide where Rocky went, I think. Okay. No, yeah, so I made it it private because on the last podcast, we were like, should we delete this list? Mm. And we talked about it. And then I made it private so that it would appear it had been deleted. Although I said on the podcast, should we make it private so it will appear it has been deleted? (laughs) And you said you can't do that now because you've mentioned it. But I did it anyway. (laughs) And that's why that's um, an example of me respecting you as an artist. That I that not I, noticing that yeah. I did something. That's how. That's the only way it'll happen. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, champ. Um. So now the only thing we've got left to do is uh, we're going to select our next franchise that we're going to watch over the next fortnight. And this week it is from our Patreon. If you donate to our Patreon a dollar or more, you can actually vote on every, suggest and vote on every second franchise we do. Um. And if you want, and as some people have done this week not naming who uh you can make multiple one dollar accounts and boost your own ideas and your own suggestions and you might think that's cheating you might think that's paying to win yep it absolutely is but you're the one giving Welcome us the money. Real world. you're the one giving us money i'm not gonna say no you can't do that um, um so yeah also just as of this way if you've been hesitant about joining the patreon um because you you don't want you know money coming out of your account every month we've, we've just enabled uh you can buy an annual subscri- subscription so um and I, you get a little bit of a discount if you if you buy a year so um yeah instead of paying a dollar a month you could pay $12 now it's less than $12 because you get a discount but yeah if you just want to do one lump sum and then have a year's worth of Patreon uh, you can do that now it's only our dollar tier though there are other tiers which you can't pay in lump sum uh, no you can oh you can pay them in lump sum yeah you can but okay. obviously it's be more than $12 yeah. because yeah. it's more money yeah cool okay so uh, quite a heated debate uh, have you got it open I have got it up with you. So quite a heated heated vote as usual. Uh, but before we reveal what has won and what will be the next franchise, I do just want to say that if you enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Um You can also, if you can't uh, donate, you can join our Discord where you can discuss all these films with, with us. We love discussing these films and, and discussing our podcast with, with people who like it. It's always such a treat to meet a new um, or a lurker fan who comes out of the woodwork to say, hey, I've been listening for years i found you guys when you did earbud um that's always really nice to hear so please don't hesitate to do that you can also uh follow us on all the bullshit social media places that are actively actively destroying the world and the minds of the youth that's facebook twitter instagram um all those sorts of places you can find us as well as on letterbox there's links to all these places in the show notes Richard, what is next franchise, next Fortnite franchise? All So this was, uh, yeah, an interesting um, uh, one. Like last uh, franchise we did, or not franchise, uh, Patreon vote we did that Rocky one was an intensely fought. It was like, you know, things were slipping in and out. This Mm. one. um, It was actually a stalemate that we had to to, to break the tie on the day to uh, to, to select. Um, But we had to, uh, for this one, it was like Bill and Ted took an immediate uh, lead mm-hmm. so uh and, and and stayed there for quite some time however um and and and, and uh, it's worth mentioning as well the karate kid and rambo were, were nipping at the heels of bill and ted uh but then the the dark horse uh came up from behind and has actually gone on to secure the the victory mm. and that is the anime franchise uh neon genesis evangelion 
Mm. Uh, something that was talked being talked about a lot in our Discord this week to the point where I had to make a new server for people to talk about it because um, a new channel, about, not a whole server. Uh, sorry, a new channel because um, a bunch of people were very passionate, and everyone else in the Discord was like, "I do not care." About this. <laughs> uh, and so I did not expect it to end up being now the the subject for the next couple of weeks on the, on the mm. Discord is this franchise I know. Oh my god, I know so little about this. I'm very nervous. Everyone's saying like, oh, I can't wait to see AJ's reaction to the ending of this. And it's like, okay, I'm sure uh, yeah. I'll I'm sure I'll have a reaction. That's what some of you literally pay me to do. Um, so yeah. um, <laughs> um yeah. And me. And me. Yeah. Both of us. <laughs> I'm not gonna give you a foot massage either. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen these? I know, like um, nothing. Okay, I know. So here's, I know they're about my, giant robots. That's I've yeah, seen a. So it, it's like it's like mechs, but it's one of those things. that's like similar to say the likes of BoJack Horseman. That it's like yeah, it's these giant robots fighting each other, but it's actually about like depression and all this stuff. Like apparently, it gets very deep. I haven't. I uh, so I, I I've started the show a couple of times. Enjoyed it quite a lot both times. Um, but just something else has taken its place and then it's become too long that I would have to start the show again. I am going to go start the anime now. It's only 26 episodes. I want to, I've been meaning to watch it for a long time and this oh, is God, the push I finally need to do it. Um, but the, the movies we're going to be covering um, because also this is the whole thing about um, Evangelion is that the show like crapped the bed in the last two episodes, as far as I'm aware. Um and so they made the the two was covering six movies. The first one is actually two movies. This is my understanding uh, like God. of it. Ah, um, ah so confusing. <laughs> so the the, fir- the first one is two movies, which is um and it's called um Death and Rebirth. So it's Death is like a retelling of the first 24 episodes of the show and Rebirth is a retelling of episodes 25 and 26 altered slightly um and then but then the the, the Rebirth stuff would then go on to become part of it's like unfinished he's like oh let's put out what we've got already and then that became the end of Evangelion which is the second movie we'll be watching um Wait, so, so it's like re- Death the and first, Rebirth the, is like one movie the first is, is two movies the first one of which is a recap of the show the second one of which would then be later reworked into the end of evangelion which is the second movie and okay. then so and then the end of evangelion was like his second attempt at <laughs> at finishing the franchise um and then he made the rebuild of evangelion which the most recent of which only came out a couple months ago um and this is like a retelling of the entire story, but now he's not depressed when he made it. <laughs> um, but okay. again, the, like this, this could be wrong, but this is my understanding of it as before going into it. You're tackling, you're hosting this one, mate. I don't, I yeah. cannot, I, I can't even be bothered watching them, let alone understanding what I'm talking <laughs> about. Um, yeah, okay. Well, that is, tune in. I'm sure some people are going to be bloody ecstatic that we're covering these and i'm sure a hefty majority will not listen to the episode i'm sure it's probably an even split at this point um Mm. so we'll see what happens are these easy movies to find uh i think death and end are on um netflix 
Okay. And I think the others are on Amazon Prime. Okay. All right. Well, there you go, everybody. Tune in next fortnight to hear that episode. Um, and stay tuned for the post credit scene after the music you're hearing now stops playing. Um, and thank you so much for listening to us talk about how bad this this trilogy of Vin Diesel movies is. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs>
all four of his plays. Um, and yeah, I owe a lot to Hagley Theatre Company and especially like my experiences. And I just, just found out today that Daryl, that, um, that tutor is incredibly ill and has at most a few days left to live. And so I just wanted to take some time at the end of this podcast, especially when, um, yeah, it's this like super, super informative time for me. And it actually ties into the, the post credit scene that Sarah suggested. Um, and and for people that are involved in the Cop Option podcast, that's like the, this podcast wouldn't exist if I hadn't gone to Hagley Theatre Company, and if I hadn't you know worked under Daryl for those plays. Um, and so, yeah, just it was it was news that I got this morning, and I've kind of been in a weird mood all day about it because also he was a very cheeky kind of guy, and <laughs> I haven't kept in touch with him really because on my last few days at Hagley, I added him on Facebook. He didn't accept me, but he accepted Dave, and I asked him <laughs> why, and he said, "Well, Dave's going to be famous." Um, he was <laughs> right. He was right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. There's just um, I don't know. Sorry to bring down the episode, um, but yeah, did it on the post credit scene Vin rather Diesel. than sorry thing. to ruin the episode for you, Vin Diesel. Mm. Um, I appreciate that that man i'm I'm sorry to hear that um hmm. to daryl yeah raises glass hmm. ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Sweet. Should we cut it there? You all right? Yeah. All right.